0: Broadcasting live from the Santa Lucia Highlands, through the heart of the Castorville Artichoke Fields, westward to the Elkhorn Slough, and south to the rugged Big Sur coastline, you're listening to What's the Plan? A weekly discussion with local thought leaders about the future of Monterey County. And now, here's your host, Mr. Paul Wyant. Hey, good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the program. This is What's the Plan on thir- uh, 1460 AM and 101.1 FM. I'm Paul Wyant, owner of Express Employment Professionals, Monterey County at Express. We can help your business find great employees. So give us a call today, 831-920-1857, or find us on the web by googling Express Employment of Monterey County. And of course, you can find everything you want to know about this program and listen to all of our episodes. Going back to the very first one at Express Employment (laughs) Professionals. It wouldn't be at Express Employment Professionals. No, this would be at whatstheplan.com. Sorry about that. And my great guest today, frequent guest is local business owner, entrepreneur, and just all around great guy and PG native, Mr. Kevin Phillips. How are you doing today, Kevin? Hello Paul, great to be
1: back. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, always great to have you on and get a, like a, like a pulse of what's going on in the restaurant community and the greater business community. Now, I um I'm uh, friends with the owner of the Whiskey Club on Alvarado Street in downtown Monterey. And uh mm-hmm. he he is it's Mitch and he was saying that he hadn't seen a, a significant uptick in business with all the activity because it was the 4th of July and uh and, you know, the U.S. Open, the female U.S. Open's going on. And, and as you were saying before the program, there's uh, events at the track. And he's got a very specific business that the Whiskey Club um, on Alvarado. Great place to go for and enjoy your whiskey. But are you seeing any increased traffic on uh, Fisherman's Wharf where Abilinetti and, Eddie and uh, Rockfish Harbor Grill, Bar and Grill are? Well, first
1: of all, yeah, uh, kudos to, to Mitch. He's got a great operation there. And if you, haven't, if you have, folks haven't seen it, it's really something special. And he, boy, he put his heart and soul into it. And I'm fortunate to have met him a couple of times. Uh, did a radio show there on site a couple of times at his shop. And it's really cool. Yeah, I think what we're seeing in general is what I've been looking for over the last year or so, which is a softening of the overall economy. Uh, I think that. We're seeing that now. Um, I mean, it's hard to compare numbers to last year. I've told all the GMs not to do that because last year was all time record year for many reasons, especially coming out of the pandemic. But there's a softening of the economy. And we. what I always rem- remind everybody is that when the economy turns south, the first thing, the easiest thing to give up is dining out. Nobody has to dine out. You got to pay your rent. You got to buy expensive gas for your car. Uh, You got to buy groceries, pay your rent, but you don't have to go to a restaurant. So one of the articles I just read this week has to do with the resumption of the payments on the student loans. Uh, So by this fall, those are fully back on the table for uh, payment. And that they they believe that the two biggest losers with that restarting are going to be online shopping and restaurants slash bars. So uh, it doesn't surprise me. We've seen a softening of it. And when it comes to events like the U.S. Women's Open, since it's never happened before, um, nobody really had any idea what to expect. But I started to see some of the clues. The first was they're shuttling from Carmel Valley Middle School instead of Fort Ord, where they've probably parked 10 times as many cars. Uh, and it's just not as big of an event. Um, it's it's a fantastic historical event. I went out and saw it on Wednesday with my son, Jeremy. But, it, but it's not the big draw that the U.S. Open or the at and is.
0: So there, there's a lot. I would assume because I've been out for the um, the men's U.S. Open. Um, well, I guess it's just the U.S. Open because I suppose women could compete if they if they qualify. Um, the there was a lot of tents in the in the middle of the course. We did was there a lot of structures built for this this one?
1: No, the difference from that respect is stunning. Uh, you can you'll be able to see it on TV. Uh, they're going to do six hours of coverage Saturday and Sunday, and you'll see their little shots. You'll see not only <laughs> this utter lack of those tents and buildings but much smaller crowds than what we're used to seeing, even for at and uh, I started working on Pebble Beach in 1976 when it was, uh, when it was just around that time, it went from Bing Crosby to AT&T National Pro-Am, but it's, it's, it's such a much bigger event than it was uh, in those, in the late seventies, early eighties. And what it's become is this, this monstrous corporate event. Of course, U S open has been that as well, but this is not anything like that at all.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really cool that they've, uh, made the event here i've also heard um from from, some some local chatter amongst the business leaders that the pro-am is gonna it might actually get bigger because they're talking about only having the amateurs on you know thursday and friday and then making it a completely professional event on saturday and sunday and if that were the case then i guess the purse would be much bigger i don't know if that's been finalized you've got your ear to the ground and but golf obviously is not your area of expertise calamari is but uh, have you heard anything on that?
1: Yeah, the discussion that has a lot to do with the, the disgruntled pros with these almost six-hour-long uh, yeah, playing times, uh, mm-hmm. particularly through Saturday with with the all the amateurs there. I think that's a lot of the pressures is
0: because of that. All right, Kevin, we had a minor uh, technical glitch there, everybody. But anyway, I'm talking to Kevin Phillips, owner of four local restaurants, and I was uh, just asking you, Kevin, it looks like down at Lover's Point, it looks like business has been kind of Kind of crazy this summer, uh between you know, the beach house is, is great with your 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 lovely stroganoff that you told me about uh, one time, and I haven't have moved away from that. But um yeah, and yeah, and your your you've got a new chef, is that right? Yeah, Pete Martinez started with
1: us a year ago, June, and he's really uh, did a nice transformation of the food by evolving the menu at the beach house, and also uh, refining and uplifting the offerings in the Lovers Point Beach Cafe downstairs, which has been open since. 2016 and we're having our best year ever um, since the first of the year uh, with, with the cafe. So that's all uh, because of the work that Pete's put in there. And yeah, you mentioned the um, the, uh, the um, uh, stroganoff and that's a, a good example of what, what Pete's done. His approach was not to just come in and say, I want to make my menu and get all, rid of all these things. He saw what was good about a lot of these items and they just made little refinements to them. And as you know, that beef stroganoff is made with flaming yon. Mm.
0: Yeah, it, it is, it's frigging delicious. And your your cafe is great as well. It's a great place to go in the morning. Um, and then you're surrounded. You got like a little enclave of nice places too. If you like pizza, I guess you can go across to the seltzer company. And then, of course, the grill at Lover's Point is always uh, a festive environment for, I think, the families. They they probably do well with uh, families in, in uh, bathing suits. But you guys all kind of work well together.
1: Yeah, it's it's about the different offerings. Uh, Joe over there, he's been there I don't know forty years. He does the cheeseburgers and fries and that sort of thing. And and, and our cafe, I didn't want to do that, so I wanted to do a little more contemporary offerings. So we do like acai bowls, breakfast burritos, paninis. Uh, we we have a small bakery, so we bake muffins and scones, that sort of thing. But uh, he's introduced new things also, like a little so you can get a small salad, a little grilled uh, salmon made fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, grab and go pasta salads and things like that. He's he's has he introduced that we didn't have before. And a lot of that has to do with not only that, but the quality of the staff down there. He hired a manager, Amanda, who's done a tremendous job uh, bringing a better organization. And I think customer service is the best it's been in, in the whole seven year run.
0: Wow. Yeah. You, it's, a, it's a great location. You know, something occurred to me when you were talking about this. So you have four restaurants. We got the Whaling Station, great steaks there. You got Appalachian uh greatest calamari in the state possibly the world i mean i would think we could say world can't we mm-hmm. kevin i think so sure and then uh, rockfish harbor Grill, which is also on uh old fisherman's wharf and then of course the beach house which is at um at lover's point but the the rockfish mm-hmm. harbor uh and grill the uh beach house and abalinetti i think are all under uh you you have agreements with these the the cities uh either pacific grove or monterey um for those buildings. Is that correct? But you so, so how, how dangerous is it that they would uh, mess with the leases? Like, like we saw it scales mm-hmm. across the street from, or across the, yeah. uh, wharf from, uh, from Abilinetti. Yeah,
1: there's different, it depends on the, the terms of the independent le- uh, individual lease on the wharf. So what they're, we refer to as the old leases go to 2041, Abilinetti and, and Rockfish Harbor Girl are both, uh, old leases. So they, all they do is every three years, they can reassess the base rent uh, through CPI, and those sort of things. But those increases don't really hit us because it's always against a percentage of the, of, the, of the sales, whichever is higher. And the percentage of sales is always higher than the base rent. So that's not a big deal. The bigger deal is the old lease means we're responsible for the, the structure all the way down to the bedrock. So every five years, in fact, it's happening right now, have to pay a structural engineer and a diver to inspect every piling underneath the building. So I just cut checks for seven or $8,000 for each restaurant, just it's, for the diving part.
0: It's the worst HOA <laughs> ever. I, I would think you guys would have like yeah. an HOA where you put away money every month, but yeah, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, the yeah. new leases, uh, they have a higher percentage, but the city takes care of the pilings. And my late partner, Jim Gilbert, always thought that was more equitable anyway. And in fact, well, the last time we, we challenged the city's increases in rents, they couldn't find one pier in the United States where the tenant pays for the piles. That's how <laughs> special the, these leases are.
0: But but on on the other hand, you have to be really careful not to upset the city because you're I mean well maybe in that case you're okay because you're it's until 2041. But what about the beach house? So you have to you have to play very nice with the city, I I think to keep those leases. But but whaling station on the other hand, I that's a much more probably an equitable deal for you where I, I'm sure you're whoever the landlord is there loves having you.
1: Well, backing up, the beach house is actually a sublease. So, with the the this project was started by a developer, Robert Ania, who's done a lot of local buildings. His sister owns the theater downtown PG, hmm. uh, and he's developed properties, commercial properties, all over the state. And this was this was a small project for him, for compared to what they usually do. But he took it on, and we came in. So he he built the structure, and we built the restaurant. And then he was the landlord, who, and he paid uh, his rent to the directly to the city. We paid him, uh, so that was a forty year lease that we signed in two thousand eleven. Uh, and so there's there's really, as long as we perform, um, there's really nothing that can be done to interrupt that. But uh, the mass lease was sold by Robert uh, a few years ago to a, a couple, an attorney. And, uh, you know, we just pay the rent to them instead. The waiting, the waiting station steakhouse is actually owned by force development, which is Ted Bellasferi, uh, and their partners. And, uh, that of course was started by John Pisto back around 1969. Uh, and we came in when he decided to sell it in 2014. So there again, next summer we'll be at the waiting station 10 years. Mm. Uh, and we, we, so we deal directly with Cairo company, but they're, they're, they're good. They're good landlords.
0: They are great. I'm. I always wondered, uh, and probably not the right person to ask, is what uh, there's got to be a, a, a some kind of a secession plan for, uh, um, you know, the Cannery Row company. I don't know if you' f- free to talk about it, but first, uh, you're listening to what's the plan on 1460 AM and 101.1 FM, and I'm talking to Mr. Kevin Phillips, owner of four local restaurants. Uh, if you don't, if you don't like talking about that, I know that you're also always looking for a fifth restaurant or other properties. Uh, feel free to. You know expound on whatever you want to talk about there kevin
1: well some people like dave marzetti like to quip that we have four and a half restaurants but i really think it's five because the lovers point beach cafe is really an independent oh. uh, uh entity on, on its own and so it, it has all the all the challenges of any of the other restaurants have with uh, staff and purchasing and production and all, all those things but uh yeah there there are certain criteria i look for if there was going to be an acquisition um I don't really talk about what those are, but I look at everything that, that comes because it seems like every time something's available, uh, we get that call. And uh, there, there are some uh, that do, in, do, do interest me. Uh, probably the most most interested I was recently was when the Wagon Wheel restaurant at Carmel Valley came up for sale last year. And I really had to think about that one because I've been going there since, since the 70s. Mm. And we love that place. But the, And the, the price was right. But I couldn't I just couldn't figure out how I could be there every day, uh, just going out to the valley and back and just not practical. I'd rather stick with places I can ride my bicycle to.
0: Yeah, you ride your electric bike up and down. If you're if you're on the path anywhere between Lovers Point and Fisherman's Wharf, you're bound to see Kevin uh pedaling past you, it's pretty or if you're out at Lovers Point, you're you're always picking up trash out there as well. I uh yeah, I, I look forward to your uh, your next um restaurant offering. And I always David Marzetti besting me again by uh, pointing out the you own five restaurants and I'm saying four. I, I did not mean to reduce your uh, restaurant count by 20%. The, let's talk more about food now because like, mm-hmm. we, we talked a little bit about the stroganoff, but at the beach house, are you still offering the locals menu? Um, Thanks for mentioning
1: that. Yes. In fact, uh, last year, uh, that was the big change. So it was since, since 2013, it was the sunset menu was an early menu. Uh, so you had to be seated by 5.30, between 4 and 5.30 to get that menu. And then, uh, and then order by six. So we'd get this crush of folks here right at four o'clock. And over the years, it became more and more of a challenge to open the kitchen and be ready at four. Uh, most of the people in our business these days have two jobs, and getting out to PG from wherever they work was just very challenging and very stressful for the staff. So what I decided to do, we uh, made the change last year, was move the opening time to 4.30 And instead of an early menu, it's now a local's menu. Mm -hmm. And so it's available anytime you ask for it, just like the local's menus at the Evelyn Eddy and Rockfish Harbor Grill or the bar menu at the waiting station. You just ask for it anytime you ask for it. It'll be given to you. And when it comes to local's menus, no one will ask you for proof of residency. All you have to do is know about it. You ask for the menu and you'll get it.
0: Mm, Yeah. The uh, And a pro tip. I hate to take money out of your pocket Kevin but go to Apolloni <laughs> and order the uh the large uh calamari appetizer and you probably you and your wife or a significant other could enjoy that and it's it's practically a meal into itself and delicious it's ridiculously delicious I,
1: yeah Indeed.
0: um they're uh let's see going on um to the whaling station, you mentioned the bar menu. Are you, uh, mm-hmm. are you still making, uh, that delicious sandwich that everybody loves the, uh, it was, a uh, oh my gosh, I'm going to, is it, it's a, uh, I don't want to say a Reuben. It's not a Reuben, is it? It's a, uh, it's yeah. a steak. Is that right? Prime rib Reuben. Prime yeah. yeah. uh, was one. Yeah.
1: There used to be a place in a little pub in Carmel called the Bully Three. And we used to go there and they did a house of prime rib next door and they used prime rib to make other sandwiches. And one of them was a prime rib Reuben. And I used to just crave that thing. And so we'd go over there once in a while and get it. So when we went back to the waiting station in 2014, I started working with Chef David on that, uh, about putting it together. So we went through every, every component of it and until I was completely satisfied with the way it was, and then we served that. It's absolutely incredible. I guarantee you, if you like Rubens at all, that first bite of that prime rib Reuben, all those components together, the Russian dressing, the sauerkraut, the, the buttery prime rib. Is insanely delicious. and uh, But this goes back to when I was working with John Pisto. We opened reopened the restaurant in 97, the way it looks now after renovation. And he wanted to do prime rib only on Friday and Saturday night because he was worried there'd be leftovers. And so I said, hey, how about this? How about we take the leftovers and make the French dip? Slice it thin and make a great French dip. So we did that, and we ended up serving prime rib every night. And then when, the other thing we created when we came back was the prime rib egg rolls, which has now become the most popular appetizer. Uh that, so that's ridiculous the yeah that's, station yeah they're so, they're so delicious
0: I not that you know you're the restaurant restaurant expert but I heard a joke the other day that some comedians were talking about like Rue Goldberg the name <laughs> And then they were talking about the the name Rube where does it come from Reuben and they go well it sounds like it should be like a uh, a Reuben slider so you could have the Rube which would be you know like two little miniature Rubens but uh, I thought, yeah. it's, it sounded both delicious and funny so uh but the <laughs> <laughs> but uh how about uh, an alinetti i I already talked about the calamari I, and you do it uh several like over three dozen ways but uh yeah it, it, anything new with the elineetti lots of uh, I'm sure there's lots of meetings and and groups you can handle it to it 40 people, is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, we can. And uh, the, the menu at Abelanetti was interesting because a lot of it was created by the Fabolaro and the Ligori families that, opened, that created Abelanetti back in the 1950s as part of Liberty Fish Market, where they serve dishes they like to make for themselves. The most famous one is called the Marty Special. So you got the calamari fillets on top of a big fried piece of eggplant with uh, Parmesan cheese and marinara. So it's like a calamari eggplant Parmesan. And I know several chefs in the area tell me that's their favorite dish. They think about, they think about going to the work and having that.
0: My but, friend, uh, my friend, Fran, uh, you may know him, Fran Cohen. Uh, he, he talked to me this morning and he's like, you gotta ask, <laughs> you gotta ask Kevin about that eggplant calamari Parmesan sandwich. It's or a yeah. uh, meal. It's delicious. Yeah.
1: The Marty special was created by Marty Liguri, who was the patriarch of the Liguri family at Liberty fish market. And he made it for himself. And one of his regulars came in and said, Hey, Marty, Make make something special for me. So he he would make that for himself for lunch. He made it for her, and it and then it caught on. And so it's And it's funny. His daughters are good friends of ours uh, that ran Liberty Fish till it closed. Made sure it, don't call it Marty's special it's the marty special so that's what it says
0: <laughs> what hey does eggplant does it stay does it change colors when you cook it I there's a, a totally uninformed uh, foodie question but is it does it stay more or less the same colors does it turn like a gray when you uh, when you cook it
1: no it kind of depends how you cook it but uh, the, this case they're they're dredged in a in a, in a uh, uh, well, cornstarch and fried crispy but oh. uh, we also grill them for our antipasto Platters, and when you, you just give them some garlic, garlic and olive oil and put them on the grill they just get beautiful grill marks and they don't change they don't change color but i know there's lots of different methods to treat uh, eggplant before you cook it and you can see a lot of that on youtube
0: that's uh, good it's beautiful beautiful and now uh, last but not least the rockfish uh, uh, yeah. har- harbor uh, bar and grill what uh what do you got new there just besides the, the a spectacular view so if you haven't been there if you're in your car it's at the extreme end of uh the Fishman's wharf and you can go on the roof and look at everything possibly see a whale we don't know kevin but then you yeah. come down if you're hungry and you can uh, go to the bar or uh, sit down at a table and see a magnificent i mean because i'm sure daily there's sea otter shows so um but yeah, especially
1: now we're, we're seeing a lot of sea otter pups out there and they're just floating right outside the window but the, the cool thing about that building is it occupies the entire end of the pier so that literally every seat has an obstructed view of the harbor so you got the boats the wildlife And there's always something interesting to see out of those windows. There's no view like it in Monterey. But what we did there in reopening in September of 2021 was a spectacular new interior. And it's one of the prettiest restaurants in Monterey and just happens to be in the best location. But yes, we we rebuilt the walkway upstairs. There's binoculars. You can put a quarter in there and and, uh, look off into the bay. But uh, great menu, and uh, as a lot of people know that go there, uh, both Rockfish Harbor Grill and Ablonetti, we use local sustainable rockfish for our fish and chips exclusively at both restaurants. And I don't know anybody else that does that, but it makes a delicious fish and chips. It cooks up white and flaky, and it's delicious with a, with a beer batter. Uh, but also, we decided to use rockfish in a number of different ways, and kind of, kind of a theme for the menu and the restaurant. So you can get it as a, as a sandwich, you get it on a salad, you get it as an entree. But rockfish is a very versatile fish. Mm.
0: Well, and you have great artwork in that, uh, in that, in that yeah, restaurant as well. Yeah,
1: the, yeah, uh, yeah, all the marine photography from around the area. And uh, I thought about doing historic images like we have at Lover's Point, but then uh, I read about this, this the opening of Jason opening his new gallery in PG and joining our Chamber of Commerce. And since I'm on the board, I got a chance to meet him and look at his work. And it was just the perfect icing on the cake to have his photography
0: throughout the restaurant down there. It's beautiful. And I don't know if it's for sale, but maybe, maybe some of your, uh, it places. is They're for know. sale. They're all for sale. Yeah. That's great. And, uh, so, you know, you've, you've, it's almost 11 o'clock. So everybody listening needs to either go to one of those four, either the beach house of your lover's point, you can go to the whaling station, possibly go to whaling station tonight because it's a, uh, it's great for lunch and dinner. So who knows? And then, uh, well, the beach house doesn't open till three thirty. So I guess you're you're four thirty, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, four thirty. And then, uh, but always uh, the ones on Fisherman Wharf you can hit those up. But I wanted to ask you because you are a local Pacific Grove guy. In uh, our waning minutes here, um, it's there's a proposal, and I don't know how close you live to the high school, but there's a proposal at that intersection of Forest Sunset and Congress to put in a traffic circle. And you are very active in the local government. What do you think about putting a traffic circle there? Do you think that'll help folks that want to go down to uh, Solamar and other places?
1: Well, the challenging thing about that, because I go through the intersection every day, is it's a five-way intersection. And that's that's really the challenge, plus the traffic going to the school and the crosswalk and that sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I've seen that proposal. Um, I'm kind of ambivalent about it, if they, if they if they do it, if it helps. I think it's really helped up at Highway 68 interchange uh, on Highway 1 about, about near the hospital mm-hmm. to have that round. I think it's worked very well where the traffic doesn't back up like it used to. So maybe it's a good idea. I don't know. Uh, they say there's been accidents there. I haven't seen any of that, but uh, yeah, maybe it's a good idea. Better than spending all the money on the DEI, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, you know, Kevin, I, I I think I probably brought this up with you before, but it's like you're like a local celebrity. You know, whenever uh, we went to the Mondo's uh, on Lighthouse uh, Ribbon Cutting, that was wonderful to see you there. And uh, yeah, they had to fun. move. They moved out of that PG building because they're going to put the new hotel there across from the library. Yeah. But you're just so connected. Everywhere you go, you see see all the people love Kevin. And I was wondering if you have uh, ever thought if you have time in your day to maybe uh, run for the council of PG? Because I think you know it'd be even though they're reducing the size from seven to five. Has that ever been a, a an aspiration of yours, or you just let let the leave that to the insane people?
1: In the restaurant business, we've always said we don't discuss politics or religion, and <laughs> okay. uh, it's there's good reasons for that, and probably. I think politics are more polarizing now than ever before, and um, I, I've always said I admire the people that can sit up there for hours on end and, and go through all that stuff. And the fact that they they dedicate their time doing that, I, I, I appreciate that. But I'm on the board of directors of the the Warp Warp Association and the Silver Grove Chamber of Commerce. And when it comes to the PG Chamber, they asked me if I would consider being the next chairman. And There again, it just gets a little too close to politics and. Mm-hmm. I don't want to take the chance of upsetting half of my customers.
0: <laughs> well, we do have a restaurant-themed question. That That's a sad answer for me because, uh, you know, I'd like to see you uh, do that, Kevin, but I, I completely understand. Uh, last question is restaurant-related. On Lighthouse in downtown Pacific Grove, there's talk – oh, I think it goes all the way – not even just downtown. I think it goes all the way up to uh, David uh, where at the border of Monterey. There's talk of eliminating the um, – the small little uh, patio, um, the, parklets the parklets and widening mm-hmm. the and widening the sidewalks, spending city money to widen the sidewalks and then putting them back. What are your, do you have any thoughts about that? First of
1: all, it doesn't seem to be any solution that anybody's happy with. Uh, uh, we had a parklet at the beach house and as soon as I didn't need any more, I removed it. Uh, I, I think that people lost sight of what they were for. They were never meant to be permanent. They were a, a means to, we could only serve outside. So it mm-hmm. was a survival. Uh, they're not built. They were never built to be permanent structures. Uh, there's been never been any consideration for the the uh, additional trash and water usage by this expanding of these uh, restaurants. Some of them expanding by uh, double their size. And I understand why they don't want to give that up. But there should be some issue. I mean, some some of the issues should be studied as far as what what a normal process is by permitting and so on. And I think Carmel got it right. I think that 19 parklets had them all removed, and they can start the process. And the you know, same thing on Fisherman's Wharf; they're all tied up in knots about what to do about it.
0: Well, where you don't need a parklet is outside Abilinetti's, which is delicious. So, no. <laughs> and that bring, that brings us to the close of the program. But uh, <laughs> uh, I've been talking to Kevin Phillips, owner of Five. He just gained one restaurant in this course of this program, a uh, local restaurant. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much. And I want to thank uh, Mark Carbonero, the producer of this program. And of course, I'm Paul Wine, owner of Express Employment Professionals, Monterey County. Give us a call today, 831 920 or Google Express Employment Professionals, Monterey County. And I want to thank Mr. Kevin Phillips, the owner of the Rockfish Harbor Bar and Grill, and Eddy, both on Fisherman's Wharf, the Whaling Station, which is right there just off Cannery Row in Monterey, and the lovely Beach House at Lover's Point, and... Not to be, not to belittle any restaurants, the fifth and possibly the best one. No, no, that was it. The fifth and and uh, and great, uh, great offering is the cafe below uh, the beach house. So thank you so much, Kevin. I really appreciate talking to you. Let's do it again soon. That's life. That's life. That's what all the people say. You're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune When I'm back on top, back on top in June I said that's life That's life And as funny as it may seem Some people get their kicks stomping on a dream But I don't let it, let it get me down this final old word